If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growanemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growanemaillist.com. That's growanemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. I've created a working system that takes intuition, adds in the mix of skills, personality, and other aspects that are necessary to assess, and then puts a numerical value on each of those assets. And if the proper work is put in, it just, it's not the right answer. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. When is the right time to hire? And how do I find the right person to work for my business? And what if I hire someone who doesn't meet my super duper high standards? Will anyone ever care as much about my work as I do? And one more question for you. Does that sound like your inner dialogue right now? Well, if so, then this conversation all about hiring and onboarding is the perfect fit for you. Emily McIntyre is a CEO in the coffee industry, and her story is next level interesting. She's a cult survivor former piano teacher and ex-journalist. She trains martial arts in her spare time and now leads Catalyst Trade, the Ethiopian importing company changing the way coffee is traded. Emily is also a bona fide expert in hiring the right people. In this conversation, you'll hear all about her proprietary hiring process from step one to onboarding and beyond. She's even got a spreadsheet for weighing the intangible aspects of a potential hire. If a hiring system is what you want, well, Emily is here to share her secrets. Let's dive on in. I've been taking tons of walks with Baby Quinn lately, and it's always a great time for podcasts. Thankfully, I've got a ton of new shows to listen to from the HubSpot Podcast Network, just like My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry. My First Million features famous guests, digs into how companies made their first million, and brainstorms new business ideas based on the hottest trends and opportunities in the marketplace. They've covered topics like why the next big social media network will be on the blockchain, companies of one that make millions, and three patterns for great business ideas. Listen to My First Million and all the HubSpot Podcast Network shows wherever you get your podcasts. When is the right time to hire? 
And how do I find the right person to work for my business? And what if I hire someone who doesn't meet my super duper high standards? Will anyone ever care as much about my work as I do? And one more question for you. Does that sound like your inner dialogue right now? Well, if so, then this conversation all about hiring and onboarding is the perfect fit for you. Emily McIntyre is a CEO in the coffee industry, and her story is next level interesting. She's a cult survivor, a former piano teacher, an ex-journalist. She trains martial arts in her spare time and now leads Catalyst Trade, the Ethiopian importing company changing the way coffee is traded. Emily is also a bona fide expert in hiring the right people. In this conversation, you'll hear all about her proprietary hiring process from step one to onboarding and beyond. She's even got a spreadsheet for weighing the intangible aspects of a potential hire. If a hiring system is what you want, well, Emily is here to share her secrets. Let's dive on in. All right, Emily, welcome to the Gold Digger Podcast. I am so excited for our conversation today. I am so excited to be here. I've been a Gold Digger and Jenna Kutcher fan for years. So kind of a dream come true. Hey, everybody. Yay. Yes, let's do this. So before we dive on into some of the specifics, I want you to kind of peel back the curtain for us. Who is Emily McIntyre? How did she get to where she is today? Give me all the info. Oh my gosh. Emily McIntyre is a fantasy person who constantly seeks a way to take fantasy and make it real. So, you know, I was a homeschooled kid, grew up in a kind of Christian cult in the Midwest and played a lot of piano. I was teaching piano at 13. So that was my first business. I didn't even think of myself as an entrepreneur though, until I was really in my late twenties and had started a few others. But I taught a lot of piano and I wrote fantasy. I wrote about princesses in faraway countries called names like Griffel. And I drew maps. And the funny thing is, fast forward, I just turned 37. And I'm the CEO of this incredible coffee company. And I like to create resources for female entrepreneurs. And I still think that's what I'm doing. I'm still creating fantasy lands and then putting in the work to try and bring that in some sort of reality for systems and people and vision and communication. And it's so much fun. So that's me. Okay. I love how you say it's so much fun because I think if we start on the topic of hiring, I think most (laughs) listeners would be like, that is the opposite of fun. (laughs) That is a fear for a lot of people. And so tell me a little bit about the core focus of your work today and how you got to that focus. So my focus is to scale my company, which is Catalyst Trade, with joy and adherence to core values. And frankly, to do that, I've had to step into that hiring position quite a lot in the last few years. We're not large enough where we need an HR department. And frankly, I'm not interested in handing over hiring right now to someone else. But to do so, I have had to tackle that fear and that pain of hiring. And so I really understand that that sensation of of just really not knowing exactly. Oh, what if I do the wrong people? Or what if I do this wrong? Or, you know, so many ways it could go wrong. So a lot of what I do right now is focusing on creating systems around bringing that vision to other people, team members, producer partners or farmers in Ethiopia, my customers and beyond. 
It's incredible. And I think it's fascinating. We've never actually had an expert on hiring or building a team who believe in your vision. And you said something really important there, which was values, which I think Mm. is literally the foundation of building the right team, like a team with people who are on the same mission and share that vision. It makes such a difference. So I want to know, can you tell the story of like your first (laughs) hire or did you ever have that fear or hesitation when it came to hiring? (laughs) Oh, Jenna, it has been a challenging road. <laughs> so first of all, you know, tell me more. To, oh, my God. <laughs> to, to hire requires you to step into a different mentality than being a solopreneur. And for me, it was me and my partner, Michael. We've been doing this coffee thing together since we first met 13 years ago. This is our fifth business and the first one that's been truly successful. Each one of them has been a great learning curve. And Deep, deep in that learning curve, I want to say back in 2015, we did need to begin hiring. And it was such a disaster from a personal level and a business level that I believe it took us at least three years to recover. (laughs) Not just the customers we lost, but even mentally and emotionally, it was so traumatic that I at one point said, you, you had a recent podcast episode, five things I said I wouldn't do that I do now. One of the things I said I did not do was hire again. (laughs) I was happy to have a tiny little business and just not have to trust anybody else. And well, you know, if you want to have a big impact, you have to grow your company. It's impossible unless there are a few types of businesses where you could be a single individual and have a large impact, but most businesses require a team. Uh, And I've had other massive failures just have really struggled with hiring over the years to the point where, for me, it was take three of trying to hire a team. Summer of 2020, or really like, you know, spring of 2020, we were so desperately needing to hire. And yet this fear was holding me back. Not just fear, but I knew that if I replicated the way that I'd hired people in the past, which was like choosing people I liked or that I thought maybe cared like I did... (laughs) who seemed to have complementary skills. I just knew we were destined for failure again and I couldn't handle it. So what I did is I spent the summer of 2020 just digging in. I talked to experts. I read books. I collated. I used to be a journalist. And so I, I take these skills with me into creating a systemized approach to learning a new skill like hiring. And What I emerged with was the framework that I have been able to build my company with since. And it's, you know, early times, we have a long way to go, but it's been hugely successful. And I have made a lot of hires since then because we're growing quickly. Every single one has been a success from a personal level, from a professional level. They're happy. The company is thriving. And I believe that it ties back to organizing the entire system for hiring and onboarding and managing employees back to those core values. Like you said, Jenna, I believe the same thing. And so much so that a huge portion of our rubric for making decisions around who we're going to hire out of promising candidates, it helps us. We ask ourselves questions of how does this person represent our core values? How have they shown a dedication to these core values in the past? So we don't just hire on skills. It's very much about shared values and it works. I love my team so much. On days when I'm struggling to work now, All I want to do is be around my team because they're Emily fans and Catalyst fans. And together, we just have this incredible dynamic that's, you know, the sum of is greater than the part. 
Oh, I <laughs> love this so much. And like, I'm just sitting here smiling, thinking about my own team. And it's mm. so funny because we're all women. And a lot of times people are like, oh, is that like drama or like, you know, oh, and it's God, like, that's such absolutely an not. <laughs> I know. And I was like, we've never had drama. And it's also just been this beautiful season of company values because coming out of maternity leave and, you know, my values of family first, we have team members who are pregnant and team members who recently welcomed children. And it's like, this isn't just reserved for me. This has to be reserved for all of us. And it's just, it's just a beautiful thing when you can get that alignment, because like you said, it feels so good. It doesn't look good. It doesn't just produce good. The output isn't just good. It feels good. And I think that a lot of people let fear hold them back from one, asking for help, (laughs) two, accepting help, and three, feeling good about the help that they're getting. So we need to break this down. You've got this system. I'm going to be honest. I am terrible at hiring in that. I mean, I'm really good at it. I literally (laughs) like retain team members, like nobody's business, but I am like such an intuition gut person that I don't have any sort of formal process. So while I'm not currently hiring, you better believe I'm taking notes. So let's walk through your hiring process. Where does it begin? With pleasure. And I have to say, I and my partner, Michael, who usually makes these decisions with me on the US side of our business, we are also super intuition driven people. And that I have to say is pretty much why we suffered from our early rounds of hiring. (laughs) So I actually have created what I believe is a working system and I'm testing and it's working. (laughs) So it is. I've created a working system that takes intuition, adds in the mix of skills, personality, and other aspects that are necessary to assess, and then puts a numerical value on each of those assets. And if the proper work is put in, it just spits out the right answer. It's always backed up by intuition. Almost every single time we have ended up hiring the person who felt right to us first, but we never make that call until we've finished the entire hiring process so that we can be confident. You know, even if there are rough times ahead, we know why we hired you, you're here. And I like to tell my staff when I hire them, look, I want you to know we answered 87 questions on every single person we considered for this role. And we started with 17 and you're our pick. You know, it's so incredibly confidence bringing to hear that from your new boss, that you're the hundred percent right pick, not because you lucked in or you knew somebody or you were there on the right day or you had the right demographic, but because genuinely they did the work to ensure you were the right fit. So with all of that said, I have a somewhat simple process. It's basically first interview, 15 minutes. I check in. I try to learn what people are looking for in a future employer. That's so important. I ask what interested them in the job itself. I ask about favorite and most hated past job or boss and what was loved or hated Mm. about that. I get some very revealing answers there. I also ask what long-term career goals are and from a personal angle, what are their values? And what they look for in a job. And I try to keep it 15 minutes. And what I aim for is a quick, respectful, just check-in. And I communicate with everybody in advance. So, you know, I start the hiring round, try to get as many people as I can in and as many avenues as possible. So I'm not just considering from people that I know, (laughs) which is a real big problem in the coffee industry and in most industries. And then we do that 15-minute round and I give very quick feedback. Hey, this isn't the right fit for us, but we really wish you the best. Or, 
hey, let's schedule a second round interview. And once we hit the second round interview, I get a second person in the room with me. It's usually a virtual room. So that might be Leslie, my customer service and logistics manager, who's really good with people. And the two of us will sit there and I'll ask the questions. And I have a template that I go through to ensure that I track the way that people think, because it's really more about trying to get a really quick fix on people's personalities, values, and catching discrepancies. At this stage, it's still about weeding out people who aren't the best fit for whatever reason. And so we really try to ask questions that will allow people to share, if possible, as vulnerably as they can. Now, vulnerability is a sort of value of Catalyst. And so that is something I look for. But I also look for people who don't beat up their past employers, but have a meaningful answer when they're asked about their history. And then I like to pick out of that. That's when we go to our incredibly detailed rubric for decision making. And we line up all those people who did their second interview. And it can take 45 minutes per person to talk through this with the person who did the interview with me. And I've got things broken down and weighted numerically on a spreadsheet. I've got a gut check and kind of an overall energy vibe. But then we go into things like how trainable and teachable do they seem? How loyal do they seem? And is that a healthy kind of loyalty? Those are kind of two separate questions. (laughs) How well do they already demonstrate our core values? How creative do they seem? How proactive? How rigid versus open do they seem? How good are their boundaries? We really don't want people pleasers who can't address that with me as their manager on the team. So how much do they seem capable of working with interpersonal challenges and finding positive ways forward? So many questions like this. Then we wait, we go through the skill set relevant to the job as best as we can assess it. And we pick our top three people and we have them come in for a paid skills test interview. And we pay them well for coming in for like three hours. And we give them a task that's related to the job they would be doing. And they get training. So on the job training, if they get hired, you know, this rolls right in. If not, then they got a really cool peek behind the scenes to a coffee importing company and their time was valued. And that's where we assess some of those skills pieces. And then the very last step before making a choice is to go through the reference check. And it's better, I've learned, to make it clear from day one. If you are a top pick for Catalyst, we're going to ask you to connect us with any of your past employers. So be ready. And they actually assent to that in the Google form that I use as the initial application, because I really don't want to get into a position where they feel uncomfortable about that. That said, of course, we want to be careful. If they've shared that was a negative job experience for them, we're not going to put them back in that position unless we you know, need to do some kind of a spot check and then we'll try to be as careful as possible. So once reference checks are completed, we really dig into this spreadsheet and we use that to kind of measure our gut check. And it's usually pretty clear. Usually got one or two people who just stand out as the right fit by that point. The work has been done. And so there's a level of confidence where we don't have to keep second guessing ourselves. And then we make the communications and pick their start date. And, you know, onboarding is another topic, which we can get to here in time. But that's basically it. And I actually have copies of all of these resources that I use, the templates for the interviews, 
the spreadsheet for the decision making that I am delighted to share with Gold Digger listeners. So feel free to email me, emily at catalyst-trade.com to get that stuff. It's really, really useful. All right, 2022, slow your roll. Q1, it flew by and it was such a different season for my business. I was on maternity leave. I announced my first book, How Are You Really? And my team and I kept the business running through another winter of uncertainty. How are you feeling after the start of the year? Are you ready to take on Q2 and really put your head down on strategies and systems for growth this year? Well, HubSpot is here to help you with an easy-to-use CRM platform that aligns your business and delivers a seamless experience for your customers. Other CRMs can be cobbled together, but HubSpot is carefully crafted in-house for businesses just like yours. Its purpose-built suite of operations, sales, and marketing tools work together seamlessly so that you and your team can focus on what really matters, your customers. With features like team email, you can turn incoming emails into tickets or send them straight into your shared inbox so no more questions can slip through the cracks. You can even take your business to go with the HubSpot mobile app. Learn how to grow better by connecting your people, your customers, and your business at HubSpot.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. I hope you have a support inbox person that can support all the emails that you're going to get of people (laughs) being like, hand this over. This is so amazing and super fascinating. And I am super curious. So I believe, you know, that there's a lot of responsibility when it comes to hiring. I think a lot of times we focus so much on the candidate and, you know, what they say or do or whatever. And I think so much of that responsibility has to be on the leadership. And I believe that it starts with a strong job description and a very clear job description. Because I think when you ever hear about people who complain about past jobs or things, you're like, was (laughs) it unclear what was going to be asked of you? And a lot of times is that. So do you have any advice for where it begins with our responsibility? And then we'll dive a little bit deeper into some of your processes with the candidate's responsibility. Oh, Jenna, I could talk about that all day because, you know, I can make the statement that my first few employees were not a positive situation for me, but ultimately I have to take 100% responsibility for that. 
I was not a good boss. I was well-intended for sure. <laughs> I paid them more than I paid myself, but they didn't know that. And anyway, uh -huh. it wasn't their business. <laughs> if I don't have a prosperous business, that isn't their problem at that level. And so, yes, I agree with you. A clear job description, I think, is one of the most respectful things that we can do to set the tone for a good working relationship. And I actually put a lot of time into those job descriptions. I have drawn from a number of disciplines to create a kind of medley job description. And I call it a scorecard. And I actually use it every quarter in my one-on-ones with each of my employees. We sit down and we use the same job description that we used for the hiring process to assess how they're doing in their job and where they're lacking support or they need help because that's generally that focus. So this includes specific outcomes that are expected and all the important juicy stuff like compensation, benefits, you know, availability, tech, time off, intro period. And then I always share a quest. What is the quest of this job? What is it that this job brings to the table that means that the entire company would just flop if this job wasn't done well? <laughs> that's important for people to know. Nobody here should feel like they don't know what they're responsible for and how important they are. And then I like to list responsibility, a metric that will allow us to measure that responsibility. And then I have a section that's blank in the initial job description that I fill out with them every quarter for their personal rating and my rating of how they're doing on that responsibility and any comments. And I would say most job descriptions have a minimum of 15 responsibilities in them. I try to get very mm -hmm. granular. The more specificity, the better. It can get a little overwhelming for people. But on the other hand, I have had new employees just create a checklist off their job description and be very successful yep. with that. <laughs> so that I like to put that out there with the job listing. I think that it is really not the right move. If you want to have trust with your employees to put, you know, TBD or <laughs> depending on experience, for salary ranges when you're making a job listing. I think we need to be very forthright about what we're bringing to the table as employers if we expect others to be forthright with what they're bringing to the table. Because come on, it's 2022. If somebody is working for me, it's their choice. And if they're working for me, it's also my choice. And it has to be honored with a clear, beautiful job description. I would also like to add that job descriptions have to evolve as positions evolve. I hired a lab assistant and then within three months, it became clear that he was really more of a lab manager. And before long, we needed to hire mm -hmm. a lab assistant. So mm -hmm. we created a new description for him. And the lab assistant role has gone through three full revisions. I hired an administrative assistant that had a little bit of executive assistant piece to that job description. And now in the next few months, I'm splitting off the executive assistant. And she's going to work entirely for me. And I'm hiring another administrative assistant without that EA piece. So it's a work in progress, but the important thing is that we do it together with our employees. We signal when something changes. And I know that I'm talking a lot here, but I also think it's super important to say this. Anytime we add job description, anytime we add more duties, we also need to discuss compensation. <laughs> it's unfair to yeah. our employees to pile more and more work on, even if we're really clear about the work requirements, without addressing how that affects their salaries. So I think that these are all kind of good faith gestures that we need to make as just a baseline. It's no good to have, you know, unicorns and staff meals and, and all of this if we don't address the basics of just yes. having quality work descriptions 
and making sure that people know what they're supposed to do and are doing it on a regular basis and get their support needed. Oh, I love that. I love that so much. And I also love how you talked about the evolution of your employees, because I think a really great leader recognizes different gifts or talents or brings in Mm -hmm. additional support where needed. And it's not a failure or a success. It's just really paying attention. So many of my team members started in totally different roles than they're currently in. And as their gifts started to become evident or their curiosities were growing wild, like (laughs) we have kind of, you know, it's like, I'd rather have the right person than the right skill set. I think skill sets can be learned. And I think especially in this day and age with digital education, you can learn pretty much anything on the internet, but what are we like inherently good at and how can we put yeah. people in positions that they feel and are appreciated for what they are naturally good at? And I just, I love that evolution because I think a lot of times people look at hiring and positions and job descriptions as like this hard and fast thing. Mm-hmm. And it's like great leadership is looking at the people and yes. having those discussions about like, what do you love about your job? What do you hate about your job? Yeah. If you could get more support, what it would look like. And I think yes. that's just a really cool reminder that like, if you hire for a certain position, that doesn't mean that that's what they're going to do until the end of time. In fact, I challenge you to say, <laughs> don't let them do that until the end of yes, time, unless yes. they're fulfilled. So I love that. Yes, I agree with you entirely. I mean, what is the job of a founder or a CEO or some other you know, higher management role, but this kind of strategy and execution yes. you know, in the small to medium enterprise size business? That's our job. If yeah. we cannot recognize potential and let it unfold, in a way that's beneficial to the company, then we're really shortchanging ourselves on a resource front. It's kind of silly. Absolutely. Yes. So let's talk (laughs) about some of the intangible aspects of a potential hire. I think we've touched on a lot of the things that people think about when it comes to hiring, whether you were interviewing for a job right out of college or even in high school. But what are some of those intangible things? Because I think those actually might trip up people more than the tangible ways that we can execute hiring. Yes. So I will answer some specifics for my own company. But first, I just want to say this. Look, if you're concerned, you've got a job description, but you're concerned about sorting out the right intangibles for a human. It isn't that difficult, I think. You can create your own best rubric for decision making by sitting down and really thinking about what you need and value. And it will evolve, of course. But just taking that time to say, do I need somebody who's proactive or receptive? Like what kind of get up and go do I need here? It's really important to assess how much people pleasing versus like just ironclad thick skin do I need? Wait it for your company and then make your own decision on that. Because, you know, each of these characteristics has to be picked for our own companies because they're, they're the flip side. They're the dark and the light together. They're the two sides of the coin. Someone who's got a larger ego might be better at you know making tough statements to customers, for example, in a way that they've been taught is positive and not getting really upset by the response from customers. But on the other side, maybe a particular role requires someone who has less self-absorption and more of a team focus. It's really, really got to be determined. There's nothing wrong with any personality whatsoever. And so much of what we get to do about hiring is finding the good fit, the beautiful fit, just the woven fit between what our company needs and what the employee needs and what our customers needs. So with that said, (laughs) some of the things that are a little bit harder to quantify that we track at Catalyst is we try to assess 
how excited are they by the opportunity and how interested do they actually seem in the work itself? Because everybody's excited about a new job, right? Especially if you're paying well. And personally, I'm as a consultant, I, I always like to sell my services. And then I frankly don't like delivering them. It's, it's a flaw I've identified. <laughs> I'm very, very good at selling my services. And then I just really struggle to deliver. So I wouldn't rank very high there on excited by the job. <laughs> and that's something important to identify. It's important to observe things like for us, we like to have people who don't really have splash over from their personal lives. We try to be very interpersonal and share. We talk about music and culture and all sorts of things, but we try to have low drama people in our world. Motivation, how people are motivated, what they need, it has to align with the role itself. Here at Catalyst, you know, for, for example, for sales roles, we don't do commissions. We will do a team commission or bonus where at the end of the year, if we exceeded our, our company-wide sales targets, everybody gets paid extra. But we don't like to incentivize a culture of kind of sharky tactics and short-term sales. But there are some salespeople who will be uninterested in this job if they can't personally push their own salary or pay, you know, take home pay upward through their own efforts. And it's more of a team basis. Extrovert versus introvert. That's important to note because certain roles require more of an extrovert kind of angle or high functioning introvert. Yeah. And other roles are just great for introverts. So we weigh all of that. As I said, it's an 80 something line <laughs> rubric. <laughs> Entirely personal is the point. And it takes the guesswork out of those soft analyses. I know what it's like to feel completely thrown off your game because you're just not motivated or your mind isn't in the right space. That's why I'm thrilled to tell you all about superhuman activations. Now, if meditation isn't for you, you need to try activations instead. Activations are a groundbreaking new type of audio that's this mix of a motivational podcast, cinematic music, and guided visualization. They are fundamentally different from meditation and a lot more exciting to listen to. Instead of calming you, activations are motivating, energizing, and transformative. You'll reach your goals faster whether you want to earn more money, get clarity, achieve a health goal, or feel like you're reaching your highest potential. They're essentially a shortcut to get to where you want to be and the ultimate way to visualize your future self. And you can only find them on the Superhuman app. I use and love Superhuman and find myself playing activation several times a day, whether I'm baking bread, doing my skincare, or even when I'm in the shower. Superhuman offers something completely different to other apps out there, and I cannot wait for you to try them. Take advantage of their 14-day free trial and head over to activations.com forward slash gold digger to start your trial and save over 60% off your membership. There is literally no risk. If you change your mind and forget to cancel after the trial, you're covered by their money back guarantee. The discount is only available through their website, not the app store. So visit activations.com forward slash gold digger now for over 60% off. Do not miss out on this crazy deal. They rarely do discounts and it expires soon. That's activations.com forward slash gold digger. Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. 
LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I love that. What are, so let's say you find someone that you feel is a right fit. You give them the job offer. They have the job description. You're ready to go. Let's talk about onboarding because when I think about all of the excuses of why people will not hire, I mean, I literally have this discussion with so many talented (laughs) creatives and service providers where I'm like, you need help. And they're like, I know, but, and it's always, you know, it's going to take time to hire. I don't trust anyone with my baby or anything like that. Let's break down onboarding so that we can relinquish some of those excuses and get people the help that they need. Yes. First of all, I get that so much. I have felt that for many of my years as an entrepreneur. But I have to say now on the other side of it, that if you do it right, if you hire carefully then and onboard carefully, then it's an investment. It's an investment in your business and in your own quality of life. Brother, sister, human, it is impossible to carry the world on your shoulders without help. You have to have people help you. And there is a point where you have to do the numbers. I just did this, in fact. I need to raise about a $10 million funding round for my company. And I'm really, really bogged down. And I was held back because I need to hire another admin assistant to allow my current admin assistant to slide into her executive assistant role to take some of that burden off, right? And it wasn't until my business coach made me break it down with the numbers that I realized I was holding back because of like with taxes, maybe a $55,000 a year investment at this moment. And that was holding me back from minimum another million or two for my company in profit, or at least in revenue this year. Those numbers tell the story. So the investment is necessary. And, you know, it really pays off. If you put the care into people, they reciprocate. 100%. So now to the practical pieces. First day is like imprinting, (laughs) like a baby duck 
with the new mama, you've got a new employee who's just stoked to be there. And that is your opportunity to set the cares of the world aside and say, here is what you've jumped into. And I like to have people work on the first day. I like to buy lunch and try to do a video call to introduce them to the rest of the team. You know, we talk about music preferences if they're in the space with me. And I do an introduction to the company. I have kind of a slideshow I put together that's systematic, but I didn't have it my first few hires. And I still just sat down and talked with them about how we became who we are. And it was so, so special. And then I sat down with them and went over their job description and we picked one task for them to learn for the role. And that's it. Usually the first day, it's pretty overwhelming, but they've got something under their belts. And it's important in advance of onboarding to send over an email saying, hey, here's what your first couple of weeks will look like. Be prepared. It's probably going to be flexible, but I'm expecting to have you learn this this week, this and this the second week. And by this time, I think you'll be fully functional on these roles. And then just to set expectations, don't expect a new employee to be fully up to speed in less than three months, sometimes six. It just depends on the role itself. I will say that and then tell you that I have had employees who I felt were about 95% up to speed in one month. (laughs) They blew me away. (laughs) But, you know, I took the pressure off of them by, by communicating that they had time to find their place, to learn things, to ask questions. And again, another piece here is to create systems instead of one-off moments. So every time you bring someone in is an opportunity to improve your business. And so although it can be overwhelming, you also have the chance when they're struggling to learn something, that usually means that you've got some kind of a founder-created snarl there. And it's best to sit down and say, here's what we need to accomplish with this function and let's create a new system that now everybody uses. So I get really invigorated and overwhelmed at the same time. Every time I have a new hire to onboard, (laughs) every time it's worth the work. Mm -hmm. Amen. I feel like when it comes to hiring, there's this tipping point for entrepreneurs where all of a sudden their time is more valuable than money. And you almost have to hit that tipping point to really bring in help and understand the expense because it's buying Mm -hmm. you back your time. And I feel like it's one of those things where it's so hard to describe or know when the right time is, but it's like, if you could trade somebody $20, $50, $100, whatever that is to get back a few hours of your life, would it be worth it? And when the answer becomes resounding, yes, that's a really good sign that it's time to hire. But I think also a hesitation, and I'm so curious if you've ever felt this, Emily, is that a lot of us never went to boss school. We never went to school to become (laughs) a boss. We don't know. I know. We don't know how to lead. We're used to doing everything, pushing all the buttons, wearing all the hats. And so, So how do you manage your relationships with employees as a CEO or a boss? And do you have any advice there for somebody that's stepping into this for the first time? I do, actually. Yes. First of all, don't shortchange yourself. You've been an employee before. So if you were to sit down and take one hour, you could probably outline a pretty solid list of what not to do. And if you don't do all that stuff and you intentionally do the opposite, you're probably going to be a great boss. So just saying that. <laughs> because it's not hard to be a great boss. You just have to be human and make sure that the systems that you create support human, respectful working environments and interactions. But I understand the fear and have felt it so much myself. So, so, so much. And my advice is to take some time to work into that role. You do not have to become some 
big badass boss in one day or one week or one month. I look back one year to my own management style and I see a night and day shift in the positive direction of being more confident, having more defined relationships with my employees and doing a better job of systemizing the way that I interact with them. But I had to learn that. And some of it was through feedback with my employees. So those quarterly meetings with employees are such a good time to also ask for feedback and take it (laughs) with no pushback. That's the time when you just put your money where your mouth is and you take the criticism if it comes, because that's how you create an environment where nobody is scared to share their perspective. And that feedback, I recently, we had a big COVID scare in the office and I then asked everybody in their quarterlies, hey, you know, how did you feel about that? And I, I got some feedback that was was basically tough for me to hear. You know, I was told I could have reacted faster. I could have done a better job of hearing people's concerns. <laughs> it was hard to hear, but they were right. And that is the type of feedback that allows you to become better as a boss. One more piece of advice on that piece. You have to actually make up your mind that you are the boss. And you're going to take responsibility to do that well. I think there's this big mental shift that takes place that you talk a lot about, Jenna, from being a solo entrepreneur to being a leader of a team. And it doesn't happen overnight, but it also has to happen intentionally. I have had to work so hard to make that shift. I've had to hire coaches (laughs) and I have had to do some work that seemed very like, wow, this is kindergarten level, but I needed it. And I took responsibility to become an employer. And frankly, I know that every single person I hire shifts the dynamics and gives me a new chance to learn how to be a better boss. And I'm Mm. kind of excited and overwhelmed by that at the same time, but that's the edge of (laughs) change that we entrepreneurs seek, right? So it's fun. Oh, Emily, this was like a (laughs) masterclass in hiring and it was so powerful. And I hope that anyone that's listening that is finding themselves in this position where they cannot grow or scale their business or they cannot live a life that is full of living (laughs) because of the work they're doing, that they can get the guts to ask for help and know that it isn't this daunting thing that it can really be the greatest blessing. I feel like the minute I opened up my palms and said, I can't white knuckle this anymore. I need help was like the moment that I raised my hands for what's possible. And so that's literally, I think all we want for our listeners and Emily, where can everybody find out more about you? Learn about you, learn about catalyst trade, give us everything. Thank you so much, Jenna. I'm with you on that. I can be found at catalyst-trade.com. We're also on Instagram at Catalyst Trade. I am starting a new beta program to help women who need to raise money for their businesses, commercial financing specifically. It's called Fearless Financing, and you can find me at fearlessfinancing.net. Forgive the website, total beta project, but jump in and tell me what you're most afraid of about hiring or money or any of these things because I promise you, Every time you pass through that gate, it gets better. Hmm. Emily, thank you so much for this episode. (laughs) And thank you for coming on the Gold Digger podcast today. This was a true pleasure. Thank you for having me, Jenna. Oh, I love that conversation so much. And I think hiring is something that really holds so many of us back from reaching that next level or for finding the balance that we want so badly. 
asking for help is something that is really uncomfortable for a lot of us. And hiring help, man, that is a concept that nobody trained us in. So I hope today's episode equips you with tangible ways that you can start the hiring process so that you can get the help that you need. If you are at that tipping point where you will gladly spend money to buy back your precious time, then this episode is a perfect blueprint to help you get started. I'm so grateful to have gotten to chat with Emily today, and I'm so grateful for you, my listener. Thank you for tuning into the Gold Digger podcast. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to leave a review. I read every single review and take your words to heart. So thank you so much for leaving them. And of course, make sure you're subscribed so you never miss another episode of the podcast. Until next time, Gold Diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.